Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 372nd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston. To go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend, and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. We're going to start this week with my low light of the week, which was last night on Sunday Night Football as the New England Patriots got absolutely smoked by the Baltimore Ravens down in Baltimore. The final score was 37-20. And were it not for Cyrus Jones's fumble on a punt, uh, formerly of the Patriots, now of the Ravens, it might have been a whole lot worse. And uh, but the Patriots were losing at that point, seventeen nothing, maybe in the second quarter. And the fumble opened the door to let the Patriots back in the game. But then the. Uh, and the Ravens reestablished themselves in the second half, mainly on uh, a rare Julian Edelman fumble that they scooped and scored on. And basically that was all she wrote. And, uh, and the Patriots suffered their first loss of the season after going 8-0. So we've, everybody's been talking about the soft schedule that they had. Not their fault. They just play the schedule that they're dealt. Uh, But they're hitting the meat of the schedule now, and it started last night down in Baltimore. Of course, it was uh, remarkably reminiscent of the game they almost lost down in Baltimore on a Monday night, I believe it was, in 2007, when they did have the undefeated regular season. And uh, so you knew the Ravens were going to come to play. It was like they've had unfinished business for 12 years. Going back to that game, everybody remembers it. The Ravens basically had it in the bag. And then uh, I think it was Rex Ryan, the defensive coordinator at the time, called a timeout on a play that ended up they ended up stopping the Patriots, which would have sealed the game for the Ravens. But Patriots got another play and went on to win. And here we are in that Fast-forwarded to last night, where, again, uh, the Ravens just came out uh, smoking hot, jumped right on them. Their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who I've seen a lot but really hadn't focused on him from kickoff to conclusion, and he was just something else. He is a completely unique player, to say the least. And uh, he put on quite a show last night, and the Ravens' defense, that's always been their calling card, uh, reminded me a lot of the Ravens' defense of old with Earl Thomas basically sealing the game with an interception. Thomas, of course, came over from the Seahawks. And so, uh, Patriots start anew, uh, now with a loss, and again, hitting the meat of their schedule uh, playing teams like the Cowboys and the Chiefs at home. I think they have a game down in Houston. So we're going to see what they're made of. And the Ravens showed what they're made of last night. So something tells me uh, they're going to be seeing each other again in January, quite possibly in Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, which could be a uh, – which would be a big advantage for the Patriots, the same way last night at home in Baltimore was a big advantage for the Ravens. So we shall see. But my highlight of the week were the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, beating 
the Indianapolis Colts at home in Heinz Field and basically staying alive for the playoffs. Uh, I think they've drawn even now to a 500 record and uh, and it's quite an achievement after losing first Ben Roethlisberger for the season, then uh, Mason Rudolph went out and Duck Devlin come in, filled in capably and Rudolph has returned and uh, looking pretty good all in all. He's winning games. That's really all that matters. And so the Steelers just keep their season alive. And again, uh, you know, they're they're looking uh, formidable. The defense has come around. And, of course, the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins is proving to be game-changing for the Steelers' defense. Again, always their calling card, too. And... Uh, and he had like a 96-yard interception return for a touchdown yesterday, and he's made a lot of other big plays in his few weeks there. And uh, and the Colts are a good team; they're having a good year. Of course, Jacoby Brissett got injured, so another Patriot backup, Brian Hoyer, formerly of the Patriots, now of the Colts, and Brissett's backup came in and uh, and played well, but uh, not well enough to get it done. So, uh, interesting to watch uh, how the Steelers do. Um, But, and James Conner was out yesterday as well, so all credit to them. And my bizarre story of the week is the Cleveland Browns now seemingly in complete disarray. Uh, They lost again yesterday. I think their record is now, it's two, two wins and something. It's either... Five losses and a tie, something like that, but uh, only two wins. Uh, And then yesterday there was drama with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry being told they had to change their cleats at halftime, that the ones they were wearing in the first half weren't in uh, uh, within the NFL's allowed cleats. And then afterwards... Uh, one of their players sent out threatening tweets where Twitter apparently closed down his account. And there was news this morning that the Browns cut that player for his threatening tweets. And so the Browns right now are simply a clown show. And a lot of uh, chatter today about whether Coach Freddie Kitchens will or will not be fired. We'll see where that goes. And just another... Usual interesting Sunday in the NFL. The Packers looked very unpacker-like. They came in with, I believe, a seven and one record and just got absolutely torn apart, manhandled by the San Diego Chargers in excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. Excuse me. Keep making that mistake. Uh, down in Carson City, where uh, majority of the crowd was as been for the last couple of years, uh, the visiting team, in this case, the Packers, who travel well. A couple of weeks ago, it was the Steelers on primetime. Um, but, boy, just haven't seen the Packers and Aaron Rodgers just get really uh, smothered like they were yesterday. And the Chiefs, uh, without Patrick Mahomes, got it done uh, yesterday in Kansas City, where they had lost a couple home games recently. And they beat the Vikings, who had been coming on strong. So huge win for the Chiefs to keep them uh, you know, more than alive, simply relevant for things like uh, you know playoff seeding once Mahomes returns, which may not be that far away. And then uh, the Bears losing to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Bears are sinking fast it seems and the Eagles seem to be putting it together and uh, Mitchell Trubisky Bears quarterback under fire and uh, and things in Eagles land are again starting to come around a bit so going to be interesting to watch those teams Uh, Seattle looked formidable Russell Wilson Wilson quarterback led uh Overtime drive to, to win the game. The Bucks certainly came to play. Uh, 
and very, very exciting game in the late window, uh, the 4.30 game, I believe it was, Eastern time, and Russell Wilson is just playing out of his mind. He is single-handedly getting it done, uh, certainly in the mix for MVP right now. it feels like a little bit like he's a one-man show, and so all credit to him for uh, really just being a true, true leader of the Seahawks. And uh, so that was great. And then, uh, yeah, the Oakland Raiders had a win over the Detroit Lions, kind of a crazy ending where the Lions had the ball at around the four. And they seemed to be in disarray getting ready for their final play, which was down, the clock was down like three seconds. They had no timeouts. And then, shockingly, the Raiders called a timeout. I'm not sure. I think it, uh, it might not have been Gruden. It might have been someone else, either a player or another coach. But I uh, couldn't believe the timeout call. Gruden did look happy, which leads people to believe it was not his timeout. Anyway, despite the timeout, They made the defensive play they needed to make, knocking away a pass in the end zone that would have tied it and sent that one to overtime in the late window. And uh, but they held on for the win. So NFL Sunday is the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing like it. Nothing like watching on Red Zone every Sunday. It's the best seven hours of the week. And yesterday it was that again. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how are you doing today? 
Hey, yes. Good morning, John. I'm doing quite well. Thanks for having me on the show. Our pleasure, as always, and you must be excited down there in Alabama. This is the big week, the this year's game of the century, at least to this point. Uh, of course, LSU, in at least one poll, if not more, has leapfrogged Alabama, so they are now the number one team in the country. Alabama's number two, at least according to uh, certain polls, but regardless, one and two face each other in Tuscaloosa. And, of course, the question of the day, AP, is will Tua be ready? Yeah, I think he will, John, because he had that surgery to be almost three weeks now, and it was on his other ankle. And I, I believe that the reports I received early was he was doing better than expected, but then Nick Saban kind of uh, made people think twice by saying, you know, game time decision. So really? maybe it's a little ploy. Maybe it's a little ploy, but that's what he's saying, you know, day-to-day, game time. He, he he actually probably imitated his friend, Bill Belichick. All right, there you go. Yeah, well, it's a smart move. If, if I'm the coach, you, you know, yeah. if you can give the opponent something else to think about, meaning you're not 100% sure which quarterback you're facing, that's a good thing. And if right. he's not under any, yeah. any uh, mandate, shall we say, to say more than game time decision, then I see no reason why he would. I wouldn't if I were in his shoes. And classic Nick Saban, so that's exactly what we'd expect. But, you know, I've been hearing all the reports that it, it all looks positive. You said it perfectly, AP. It's three weeks three weeks since the surgery, so um, I'm certain we'll see two out there, but... So, what the excitement level must be on the charts. The game, of course, as I said, is in Alabama. So, I have to believe that uh, this is somewhat of a week like no other. Although, the Tide are used to big games, but this is a real big one. Yes, John. I think this is just the second time in Tuscaloosa, and it was against LSU, actually, that they had the number one and number two, because all those years that Coach Bryant was there, uh, they played in Legion Field, so in Birmingham, so... This is something unique to come to the city of Tuscaloosa, and uh, this will be the third time Alabama was number Alabama or LSU was number one, and vice versa. And they're going to play each other because it happened in the championship game that same season of 2011. Right when they last played each other in Tuscaloosa, at one and two, if I'm not mistaken, that was kind of the uh, the, the kicking game, nine six. Is that the final? Something like that. That's it. Yeah, nine six, right. That was a kicking contest. Yes, Alabama missed a lot of them. I think four or five that day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I remember that well. I'm sure you and uh, most everybody else <laughs> in the population of Alabama uh, remembers yeah. that. Uh, well, it's going to be great. The game is three thirty Eastern time. Um, interesting starting time. Not prime time, as it were. Not Saturday night, but we've discussed. Right. You know, the the host of reasons associated with that. Uh, 3.30 works. I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, other than Tua, everybody's pretty pretty healthy and ready to go on both sides. Uh, mainly Joe Burrow for LSU, I assume, is ready to roll as well. Yeah, those are the two main uh, people that you have to be concerned about on each side, the, qu- the two quarterbacks. In LSU, they have a host of receivers that are just tough to guard. One's better than the other. I had the voice of the Tigers on my show today, Chris Blair, and uh, you know they have one receiver six foot four, the other one is six one and six two, and they're all catching double digit passes, of course, from Joe Burrow. And then the tight ends, a couple of them have double digit reception, and the running back does as well, John. So they're an offense where you're not sure where the ball is being thrown which makes it difficult to guard them because the quarterback has the vision and the intelligence to get the football to the open receiver. So you have to guard everyone. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, he's now being considered by some as the favorite to win the Heisman. So clearly that's on the line this uh, Saturday night. A, a big big game from him, and most importantly, a win perhaps gets him the Heisman. Uh uh, on the other side of the ledger, uh, you know, bad game, loss, 
may rule him out. But right now, and it's just an amazing story. You know, he's a backup at Ohio State, son of a coach, I believe. Uh, transferred out of Ohio State when, uh, you know, when he wasn't named a starter and, uh, and has just flourished at LSU. And what always jumps out at me with him, AP, is that his teammates just seem to be all in with him, just like he is their unquestioned leader. He's, he's uh, shown a lot of toughness, and he seems to have, uh, you know, just, again, the team following him, you know, to the nth degree, which, you know, which is great. Good, good for him. But uh, he's come a long way in a short time, no doubt about that. Yeah, that started, John, at SEC Media Days as far as the swagger. He just was really confident when he appeared before all those media members in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And then they brought on board Joe Brady um, to the staff, and he's been magnificent implementing his schemes. And in addition to Steve Ensminger, and they're both in the booth, as I was told, and they're always uh, plotting and trying to come up with different plays, you know, two or three down the line, and it's a good marriage for on that coaching staff for Joe Brady was at Penn State uh, some years ago then with the Saints most recently. So that's been the difference. Uh, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, his play at the quarterback position, but I think you have to give, I would say, quite a bit of the credit to Joe Brady uh, helping with that passing game. No doubt about it. Um, well, you know, let's face it, the, you know, uh, the difference between this year's game and recent years is simply – LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow in this case. Uh, LSU has simply has not had the quarterback play, uh, you know, to hang with Alabama. They've uh, had some great running backs, Leonard Fournette, what have you, but they just haven't been able to, uh, you know, to get it done in recent years. Uh, I think I saw a graphic AP that Alabama has won what, eight, nine in a row, or the, if they win this one, it'll be the longest winning streak against LSU ever. Uh, if I saw that correctly? Yeah, that should be right. And, you know, usually they would try to line up Leonard Fournette or some other big running back, and they had the receivers. I mean, all those Odell Beckham and uh, a number of them who went on to the pros, but they would just try to uh, push you around the field, and now them put seven or eight in the box, and they dare him to throw, and they never had the quarterback to counter. Right, right. Well, that's right. going to be different right. this year. But yeah, yeah, no I, question. Yeah. Oh, no question. Well, Jarvis Landry went to LSU, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, as you may have known, were both in the news yesterday for wearing uh, cleats that were not uh, in in keeping with NFL policy. So they both had to change their cleats at halftime, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> You know, just uh, yet another kind of uh, Browns uh, Browns incident that uh, right now can only happen to the Browns. But the fact they're both LSU receivers is, uh, uh, you know, interesting, shall we say. And, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, when are you heading up? Friday, I'm guessing? Yeah, Friday. Yeah, be heading up on Friday, John. I sure will because it'll be a lot of folks coming to town that evening because the game is at 2.30 Central Time, so you you want to be there early to catch all the festivities. Correct. You don't want to uh, leave anything to chance. When I went to that Penn State <laughs> whiteout game a couple of weeks ago, uh, you, you know, luckily it was 7.30 kickoff, and, you know, but I, I left, you know, for a three-hour drive, I left by noon and, uh, you know, made it there, and uh, glad I did. I don't even think I told you this in the previous week, AP, that I got like, you know, one of the last parking spots in State College, and that was solid <laughs> four hours before kickoff. Oh, yeah, I we went to five different spots and finally clicked on the fifth, the furthest point of the Penn State campus as you can get from Beaver Stadium, but it turned out great, you, you know, the opportunity on a beautiful day to walk through and take a shuttle through the Penn State campus end-to-end -end was just spectacular. So, yeah, don't want to leave these things to chance, especially in your position covering the game and what have you. So it's going to be great. It's just going to be such a good weekend. I can only imagine 
the alumni that will be coming back from both schools for that game. I mean, this is it's the game of the year, period. It's they, They've been, you know, one and two solid here, top five all year. LSU's calling card is that they have beat three, if I'm not mistaken, top ten teams this year. They're, they're clearly the only team in, in all of football to do that this year. Yeah, they earned that ranking of number one in some of those polls, there's no question. Uh, you know, the only team who's really slowed them down for the entire game, let's say, is uh, Auburn because of Auburn. their uh, uh, yeah, outstanding defensive backfield. And the defensive line and the linebackers, you know, the total defense. Um, yeah, I watched very that game. Good for them. Yeah. No, that was a dogfight. I watched that game. It was two weeks ago. Let's also forget that the quality of play should be at a high level because uh, I believe both teams, Alabama and LSU, are coming off by weeks, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, boy, it seemed like everybody had a bye this past weekend, didn't it, AP? I mean, Penn State, another undefeated team, is crept into the top five. Uh, they had a bye week, and they're playing another surprisingly undefeated team, Minnesota, at Minnesota at noon Eastern on Saturday. So both those teams are coming off bye week. So pretty interesting. We have four teams, two games, uh, three of the four in the top five, and the, the one that's not is undefeated as well. And they're all coming off bye week. So I know I'm going to be watching that game, followed by, of course, LSU-Bama. So I expect both games to have a pretty high quality of play since all four teams are coming off bye weeks. Yeah, John, I was so excited about that Penn State game. I was thinking it was last week. I was looking for it on the television. You know, I just got a little confused there. But uh, Yeah, me too. That's that's something that Minnesota is undefeated at this point. They have a chance to... uh, I mean, the last time I think they were in this position, such a good team, I'm thinking it's way, way back, even before my time, maybe 1960, within the Rose Bowl, I think, with Sandy Stevens was the quarterback, I think, something like that. Yeah, I mean, when, for me personally, when I think of Minnesota, I think of, you know, Tony Dungy, who was the star there, quarterback, I believe, because he, of yeah. course, went on to a good career with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a defensive back, and he learned all he knew from Chuck Knoll. And the rest of the great Steelers coaching staff, not to mention teammates from the dynasty of the 70s, the Steel Curtain era. And, of course, we all know what he did in the coaching ranks. And now he's an excellent announcer on Sunday Night Football as well. So, But it all started at the University of Minnesota for t- Tony Dungy. And uh, so we don't want to forget that. But if I'm not mistaken, their coach was a FBS superstar coach. It was a P.J. Fleck, I believe, uh, come over from yeah, like... Yeah, P.J. Fle- Fleck, yes. Yeah, and he come over from maybe you know, one of the Michigan schools, not named Michigan or Michigan State. <laughs> um, that's right, uh, something, yeah, well, I can't yeah. remember exactly, but that's right. After a stellar career. Um, so, boy, that turned out to be a good hire, uh, to say the least. Uh, but AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment. Uh, great to get... Great primer for the LSU-Bama game, uh, but yet still a lot more to get to, and we'll do that on the other side of this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. 
The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., all the news in college football was not on the field this past weekend. It was uh, some big news off the field, which was that Florida State fired Coach Willie Taggart. Uh, he was only there for two, maybe three years. Uh, it has not gone well in any way, shape, or form, uh, to put it mildly, nowhere near the standard of play that they're used to up there in Tallahassee by by. Uh, any stretch of the imagination and and I kept seeing uh, a, a crawl when they were announcing the news over the weekend including today that apparently they raised 20 million from boosters to buy out his contract because I think he still has four years remaining that's a pretty astounding set of circumstances uh, yeah that, that's mm-hmm. being reported so that's like a wow yeah, I mean, I think it's seventeen million nil, and that's the number I saw figure that I saw bandied about. That at Florida State, I don't know if they're ever going to come back to another golden era like they have with Bobby Bowden. I mean, even Jimbo Fisher, the championship there, left. I mean, you're not supposed to leave a place like Florida State, and Jimbo right. Fisher did. Well, that that that. That began the chain of events, AP, that led to where we are now, without a doubt. Jimbo Fisher living, uh, leaving, went to Texas A&M, of course, kind of shocking the college football world, to put it mildly. Yeah, I mean, I, for whatever reason, Jimbo, I think maybe there were some promises made on facilities or something of that nature, uh, but he left to go to A&M, who has all types of money, and gave him that $75 million contract, but... I th- I seem to think that a lot of times if you can't work something out and you try to go to greener pastures, uh, you might have the money, but for whatever reason, it, it's it's not a better situation. Correct, correct. No, he had it going in Florida State uh, the way, you know, Bobby Bowden used to have it going. But it is, you know, just again, really a remarkable uh, turn of events. And, you know, you and I, uh, with our history of covering the American Athletic Conference, of course, Willie Taggart had great success down there at University of South Florida in Tampa, USF, which is why he got the job, obviously. And uh, and yeah, so I mean, there 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 was this just all comes as a surprise. It came from the day he took over, and the losing started to today, where he's no longer the coach there. It's all just a big, you know, saga that's a surprise that's gone on here for a couple of years, just played out. And with each passing week, AP, you know, each week when I would see Florida State losing and, you know, often to opponents that they would have never lost to in the past uh, at home, 
at Doak Walker Stadium, you know, just week, it seemed like you know, I just keep shaking my head, you know, going like, wow, I can't believe that. And obviously the Florida State fans and boosters couldn't either, right? <laughs> no, when you're the underdog against Wake Forest, uh, that's quite a switch, John. Let's put it mildly. I remember when, bringing us back to Alabama, when Coach Bryant was there and they lost to Vanderbilt and they asked him about the game, he said, well, uh, the coach at the time, I forgot who it was, he said, he's taking Vanderbilt in two years where they can beat Alabama, and I've been here uh, X amount of years, and I take it in Alabama where they can't beat Vanderbilt. Right. <laughs> so, there you go. You know, when you're, you know, when you're switching the roles of, you're, you're now the underdog to Wake Forest, something has is, is changed drastically in the wrong direction for the Seminoles. Yeah, the word in Tallahassee AP would be unacceptable <laughs> on that one. Um, <laughs> that's the only word you can use, and that's exactly what it was. And I and I do have a memory that maybe this year or last year they lost to like an FBS school or someone that really, really shocked them with an upset, um, which I feel was likely the low point. I mean, you know, they lost obviously at home to Miami, their arch arch rival. Uh, wide right, wide left, whatever, and uh, <laughs> and but it was only twenty. You know, the final score was twenty-seven to ten. So we're not talking anything too extreme, uh, at least by the you know as it pertains to the final score. But again, um, kind of crazy. Again, given his success down there at uh, you know at USF and AP. Am I remembering correctly that? He left USF to go, was it up to Oregon? And then left after a year to take the job in Tallahassee. Am I remembering that correctly? Right. Cause, yeah, I think so, because he was from the state of Florida. That was his dream job. Exactly. His dream job in Oregon is obviously a premier job, the Ducks, to put it mildly. So uh, that was nearly as much of a shocker as Jimbo leaving Florida State previous to that to go to Texas A&M when Willie Tiger, you know, bailed after one year to take his, quote, dream job. He was a Florida native. And so, yeah, so just all in all, uh, just not a, not a good scene. Any way you cut it, you know. Um, but it's over now. Uh, so we'll see where they go from here. I, I've got to think that, you know, that, that's a pretty desirable job, AP. You know, I mean, we're hearing the name all of a sudden, Urban Meyer a lot. We're hearing it at... For Notre Dame, we're hearing it for USC, and I'm going to guess we're going to hear that for Florida State as well. Given, but I would you know, think, yeah, intriguing because he coached University of Florida Gators. So, but go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's fine, John. I interrupt you. I, I would say that that's probably a likelihood they're all going to be in the Urban Meyer sweepstakes. Now, it's just a question of you would like to take uh, the baggage that comes along with Urban Meyer. Correct. Correct. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm hearing that, uh, you know, Notre Dame was his dream job, but I thought Ohio State was his dream job. He's obviously a native of Ohio. I think he might have been on their staff at one point with John Cooper, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Earl Bruce, maybe it is. But regardless. But, you know, boy, if he went to Florida State, given his history with the Gators and that being a, such a blood rivalry as well, that would be, uh, that would be something. So I, I don't see it happening. I just don't, not, you know, but the name will be mentioned, no question. I, yeah, I think I I never thought I would see Rick Pitino at Louisville. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Enough said right there, AP. <laughs> if that can happen, anything can happen. Kentucky <laughs> yeah. versus Louisville, or it's uh, yeah, red yeah, blood yeah, rivalry as it gets in any sport, anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, so in Willie. And John Willie Taggart is only forty-three years old. Wow! Yeah, Young it's coach. mystifying. That this would be an intriguing story to me to read why, why, uh, why it didn't work out there. There has to be a serious story behind the story, like a really because it's just surprising, you know, because it never got off the ground under him. You know what I mean? It never really got it going. No. It wasn't like he had a good year and then it went south. 
it just never got going from day one for whatever reason. <clears throat> so yeah, he he was five. Yeah, he was five and seven last year. That was his first season, and then he didn't even make it to the second season. I mean, that's. I mean, that's one of the shortest tenures I've heard at a major school. One and a half years or so. One right. plus years. Yeah. It really is. It really is, and it says it all that, as we discussed, four years left on the contract. Apparently, something that sounds like seventeen million. Um, so big number, to say the least, for a short time. But we'll see. He, he's he's not done. He'll, he'll he will also resurface somewhere. No question about it. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch because you can't take away the success. He had down there at USF. They were a quality team uh, playing in important games. You know, he had that USF UCF Central Florida rivalry was just like peaking back back a few years ago, just a very short few years ago when Scott Frost was the coach of UCF. So, anyway, AP, here we are again at the uh, end of our. Second segment, so why don't we take a break here? Still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, of course, the massive LSU-Alabama game this Saturday at 3.30 p.m., live from Tuscaloosa. AP, you will be there covering it as you are all Alabama games. And we pretty much covered it in our first segment, but it's going to be a good one. And uh, I can't wait, and I'm sure you can't either. Yeah, John, it should be quite a ball game because the, the, the ball will be in the air. The receivers are fantastic on both sides. 
yeah, it may turn uh, all the markings are there for it to be a little different type of game than we've been used to in recent years between LSU and Alabama. And you said it perfectly. The ball will be in the air. So it's going to be a fun one. Um, but AP, there is another fun one uh, down in Jacksonville, the annual uh, uh, Georgia Florida game at a neutral site in Jacksonville, uh, similar to the Red River rivalry of Oklahoma, Texas at the Cotton Bowl every year. And AP, Georgia, who was upset by South Carolina just a few short weeks ago, uh, showed that they showed their medal and they look good and beating Florida. And they are now in the pole position to head to the uh, to win the SEC East and represent the SEC East in the SEC championship game, which they've done each of the past two years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Georgia, I mean, they had the better athletes. I think we discussed that a little bit. And uh, Jake Fromm, he, he came alive with his transfer receiver, uh, Cager from Miami, and they made some plays. And, you know, Florida, I think they're heading in the right direction, John, with Dan Mullen, but they're not there yep. yet with the Correct. type of athletes uh, to, to compete with Georgia. But they gave them a good ball game, and uh, they hung on for the victory. So Georgia's in the driver's seat for the East SEC Eastern Division title, and they'll have to win out to be in the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there's some great other games, too. Uh you know, Notre Dame, after getting uh, thumped by Michigan in Ann Arbor a couple weeks ago, uh, still hadn't fully recovered. They had their hands full, were losing to Virginia Tech. But to their credit, quarterback Ian Book led them down the field for a game-winning drive at the end to win it, ran it in himself for the winning touchdown. Uh, so Notre Dame, uh, you know, saved their season. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, I mean, Brian Kelly, I'm not sure they would have been too happy if he lost to Virginia Tech at home. Correct. Because they, 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 were, they were in a good position to be in the college football players before getting thrashed by Michigan. Correct. People won't forget that one. That was primetime Saturday night, and that was uh, thrashing would be the right word for that one, to say the least. And uh, Yeah, and, you know, I watched that Auburn Ole Miss game. The other night, and uh, a very, very exciting ending ended with like Auburn defensive back making a interception with like seconds to go as Ole Miss was driving down the yeah. field. So they gave the Tigers all they could handle, but Auburn held on. And uh, you know, Auburn's you know they they win the games they should win, and unfortunately for them, tend to lose the games they should lose. And uh, you know. So, uh, but they're, they're still relevant. That's for darn sure. And quarterback Bo Nix looks, uh, you know, is having his ups and downs, but looking pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, John. You know, they had the six games we discussed where there was a question mark. They, they're two and two in those games. They beat Oregon and Arlington, Texas, neutral site. Beat Texas A&M on the road. Lost to Florida and Gainesville. And of course, lost to LSU in Baton Rouge. Now they have Auburn, they have Alabama and Georgia at home. Georgia comes first to have a bye week. They'll play Georgia on the 16th of November. And then I think if they play Sanford, I believe, and then they'll have Alabama to end the season, regular season at, at Auburn. The Iron Bowl. It's at Auburn this year? It's at Auburn this year. Sure wow. is. Iron Bowl. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's obviously... Uh, I'd say the greatest rivalry in college football at this point in time, uh, short of LSU, Alabama this year. Uh, but no, that's always a great game. And yeah, as we know, and, and throw Georgia in there too. Uh, Auburn's, uh, my real point is they're capable of beating anyone anytime. They haven't done it quite this year. Although, uh, you know, like you said, beating Oregon and Texas A&M are quality wins. So, uh, uh, always a team to be, uh, you know, to be feared. Uh, you know they're going to show up every single week, to say the least. Yeah, they have a good defense. Uh, Auburn's got a good defensive line, put a lot of pressure on the LSU quarterback. That was uh, the reason the score was held to tw- held Tigers to 23 points. And they just 
could not score enough to win in Baton Rouge, but Owen's a good football team, and the quarterback's getting better, and he needs the support of his teammates, really. Exactly. And, you know, Oregon's coming around. Uh, they uh, took care of business against USC to the tune of 56-24. Clemson, speaking, speaking of uh, taking care of business, they won 59-14 to 14 over Wofford. So, you, you, you know, Clemson has sort of fallen out of the conversation here in recent weeks, but uh, they're still undefeated, so they're, 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 they're still in the mix. And I, I'm guessing nobody down in Alabama is forgetting that, right? No, no, absolutely. Um, but, but everybody's concentrating on this Alabama-LSU game. They just... Exactly. You know, it's, 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 it's just so much talent on the field. And I, I think the press box is going to be filled with NFL scouts. It's going to be loaded. Loaded, for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, it'll be loaded in the press box with scouts. I'm sure it's going to be loaded on the sidelines with famous alumni. And the product on the field is going to be awesome. I'm excited, AP. You have to be really, really excited. Uh, it's just going to be a spectacle. No doubt about it. And, uh, and you know, I'm sure that the entire state is just really, really fired up for this one as well they should be. You don't get one versus two every day. That's for darn sure. But we got it, we no, got no, it this weather, Saturday. Yeah the, yeah, the weather should be good, John. You know, LSU's kickers, uh, 11 for 13. He missed a couple, I think, 49 yarders or something like that. But they have a good kicking game, excellent punter, outstanding wide receivers. Their running backs, are, they're playing very well. Uh, they can be balanced. Uh, defensively, LSU's getting better. Uh, so, uh, you know, in the defensive backfield, that's the strongest unit on the defense. And, uh, you know, Alabama, that's their strength of wide receivers, so that's a matchup. Oh, it's going to be, be great. fun to watch. It's going to be real fun. And AP, enjoy. We're at the end of the show. But I want to thank you for all your great perspective and expertise on this number one versus number two matchup. It's going to be a good one. So I'm sure everybody will enjoy it. And AP, thanks again for calling in. Hey, thank you so much, Sean. My pleasure. And as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.